0: From the hallowed hallways of Shedd High School, from WSHDLP Eastport, this is Around the World with your host, Cracklin' Jane, from Eastport, Maine. Stay tuned for historical 78 RPM recordings from around the world. Okay, let's roll! We are broadcasting from the Round the World studios and today we've been asked by the eminent scientist and inventor, Professor Roy Kingsley, to demonstrate the Timerator 5000 dual-mode time machine. This model features sleek, modern styling, air-conditioned seats, and space-age push-button operation. We're going to ask randomly selected members of our studio audience, if you could time travel, where would you go and what would you do there? This person will then travel to the past or future of their choice, return and report to us what happened, and go home with fabulous prizes. Let's get started. You, sir, name? Ambrose. Pleased to meet you, Ambrose. Where would you like to time travel today? If I could time travel, I would go back and make sure Adolf Hitler was admitted to art school like he wanted to in the first place. And then maybe he'd be so busy that He wouldn't have time to start World War II. Wonderful. Step into the comfort of the Time Raider 5000, and we'll just adjust some settings and coordinates. Now, while we wait for Ambrose to return from his mission, here is Nan Blackstone with Artie Fields and his orchestra in 1946. Get yourself a past. (laughs) ¶¶
1: That life begins at 40 has long been ballyhooed but i insist that life begins whenever you're in a mood so learn this lesson wisely and hold to it hard and fast there's no time like the present to get yourself a pass You've heard the tales that the fishermen say About the size of the one who got away But he got away, pal Yes, he got away If you could read the diaries Of folks who are really frank You could find that after 40 most of the pages are blank So don't waste time in wondering Whether life is a feast or a fast. Cause there's no time like the present To get yourself a pass On that middle-aged spread When you can't hold a thing on your stomach You just can't expect much fun in bed Mush and milk can't compare with raw oysters You lose out With each year you let pass There are some things you just can't accomplish When your teeth spend The night in a glass Sure flannel pajamas Will make you feel cozy But who'll scratch your back If I'm not too nosy Cause it's gonna itch, pal, yeah if you reach the ripe age of 40 without doing the things you should do nature's spelled backwards won't oh, do a thing for you so never be slow to let yourself go remember there's no time like now you can't take it with you and the darn thing just won't last
0: Get Yourself a Past. That was Nan Blackstone with Artie Fields in his 1946 orchestra. Now, Ambrose from our studio audience was sent back into the past because he wanted to try to get Adolf Hitler admitted to art school so he wouldn't start World War II. Let's see how he did. Welcome back, Ambrose. What happened? Well, by golly, I went back to 1908 Vienna. I stuck out like a sore thumb. They probably thought I was a hobo, And for the life of me, I couldn't find anybody I needed to talk to. I guess I need to do more research next time. Thank you, Ambrose. And now, who's next? Who has a time traveling mission for us today? You, ma'am. Name? June. I want to go back 30 years and, and plant two shade trees in the yard so the house is shaded in the summertime and we can tie up a hammock. Beautiful! If you'll just settle into the Timer Raider 5000, and we'll give June a few minutes to get those saplings planted. In the meantime, here's Harold Lambert with Sam Lannan's 1927 Dance Orchestra A Shady Tree. heard Harold Lambert extolling the benefits of a shady tree. He was assisted in 1927 by Sam Lannan's Dance Orchestra. This was followed by Paul Robeson singing Trees, based on a poem by Joyce Kilmer. That recording from 1938. Now, let's bring June back from the past, where she was to plant a couple of shade trees in the yard. How'd it go, June? Oh my, it was incredible. I forgot what the house looked like 30 years ago. I got two little sticks of trees, and an ash and a maple, and plunked them into the ground. Well, let's call your home and see what those trees look like today. Fred, can you look out the window and describe any shade trees in the yard? I'll explain later. I'm, I'm on the radio right now. Oh my word. He says there's two trees about 30 feet tall. That's incredible. Thank you, June. Not only is your house now nicely shaded with accommodation for a hammock, but you will be awakened each morning by melodious birds, sheltered by the trees. To give a preview here, professional whistler Margaret McKee with the 1925 All is Past. (sweak) Thank <sweak> you.
2: Todo color de esperanza, todo color de esperanza El cimbronear de la lanza al paso de los tronqueros, De tiro va el sujetado a la culata Sujetado a la culata y entre tinte de El sol se aleja batido porque, porque la, la noche encendido,
3: encendido Parolito de
2: plata. Tranco a tranco entre penumbrazo, Susi lo está recortando. Si la chata avanzando camino del corralón va colgando del pescante balanceándose lustrada con tachuelas dibujadas de tampa de un corazón Las riendas en la derecha gente, trito y Altanero, entre trito y Altanero, canturreando va el carrero con un clavel en la oreja, sombrero sobre una ceja, un pañuelito ardado, pañuelito anudado pantalona bombachado blusa corta remangada y sobre el pecho estampada la inicial que le han bordado Así envuelta por la sombra Siempre tan con pasado Chata criolla del pasado Te va para no volver Y llevas en el pescante Marchando rumbo al olvido
3: Al carrerito florido Del Buenos Aires de A.
0: We heard Del Pasado from the past. That was Alfredo de Angelis y su Orquesta Tipica from 1945 Spain. Before that, professional whistler Margaret McKee regaled us with All Is Past from 1925. You are listening to WSHDLP Esport. Welcome back to the Round the World Studios, where we are asking members of the studio audience to engage in time travel. And come back and tell us all about it. Who wants to go next? How about you, old timer? I don't need no time machine. All I have to do is take a nap. And when I wake up, by golly, I'm in the future compared to when I went to sleep. All right, wiseacre. How about you, sir? My name is Frank. I would like to travel back to the golden days of my youth. When us kids ran riot through the neighborhood. All right, if you'll just step into uh, Professor Kingsley's Timerator 5000 with the air cushion seating comfort, we'll let Frank enjoy some of the fun days of yore while we listen to the 1938 Sons of the West with visions of the past.
4: Many, many years I've waited And I'm free again at last But in dreams my memories haunt me With the visions of the past I see a golden-haired baby Crawling round up on the floor Where my bright-eyed smiling sweetheart Waited for me at the door Oh, I'm free, I'm free again Yes, I'm free again at last But in dreams, my memories haunt me With the visions of the past
2: Oh, how
4: sweet it is! I'm growing old and the grim reaper Soon will knock upon on my door And the visions of the past Will come and haunt me nevermore My worldly cares will soon be over And my soul will rest at last but my spirit will be watching For the visions of the past Oh, I'm free, I'm free again Yes, I'm free again at last But in dreams my memories haunting. Me. With the visions of the past
0: That was Artie Shaw and his 1939 orchestra, Yesterday. This was preceded by Visions of the Past, featuring the Sons of the West from 1938. Okay, it's time to bring back Frank, who wanted to travel back in time to his halcyon days of youthful hijinks. Tell us, Frank, did you enjoy your sojourn? Man, am I glad to get back. I totally forgot about all the corporal punishment my parents constant hollering, the bad food, dad overworked and stressed out, mom lonely, me being bullied by the neighbor kids with no adults around to intervene. Well, as long as we're in a bittersweet mood. Here's the wistful joys of the past, the Russian Novelty Orchestra of 1928. (laughs) ¶¶
5: chair. I'm gonna lay away the part of my pay that I used to spend for beer. I'm gonna hit the hay when the sun goes down. I got to get a little rest at last. A too fast past means a slow down future and I led a too fast pass. A too fast past means a slow down future. Don't you know that you can't last? I used to crow just like a rooster. I thought I had them all out class. But old man time keeps a marching on. And my wild oats is done, sold and gone. A too fast pass means a slow down future. And I did a too fast pass. <laughs> Up with a Cadillac and a 1929 Ford I'm gonna get that joker out of my sleeves Before my chips are cashed Because a too-fast past means a slow-down future And I lit a too-fast past A too-fast past means a slow-down future Don't you know that you can't last I used to crow just like a rooster And I thought I had them all outclassed But old man time keeps a marching on, and my wild oats is done and sold and gone. A too-fast past means a slow-down future, and I let a too-fast (laughs) past. Time keeps a-marchin' on And my wild oats is done and sold and gone A too-fast past means a slow-down future And I let a too-fast pass. I let a too-fast
0: pass. We just heard Merle Travis, A Too-Fast Past from 1952. Before that, Joys of the Past featuring the 1928 Russian Novelty Orchestra. You're listening to WSHDLP Esport. We are in the Round the World studios and we're asking members of our studio audience to try out Professor Kingsley's new Timerator 5000 dual mode time machine with the ergonomic padded seats. Who wants to do some time traveling today and win fabulous prizes? You there, sir. Your name? Fred. What kind of time-traveling mission do you have in mind? Well, I was thinking if I went back and sold our farm at the top of the market, I could, I could have invested that money and be sitting pretty by now. Alrighty. Just settle into the Timerator 5000. Here, that's it. And we'll give Fred a few minutes to conduct his business transactions. Meanwhile, we have a 1933 double-header of You're My Past, Present, and Future starting with Joe Venuti and his orchestra. No.
4: The past year, a spark and a flame, the moon was to blame, the world was all in tune, this is the present, the flames still aglow, my darling, and so I thank my stars for the moon, at my side a groom and a bride a home with room for more than two my beloved one you are my
3: past
4: my present and my future i'm only living just for you
0: One song two ways that was the big 1933 mega hit you're my past present and future first we heard joe venuti and his orchestra and not to be outdone joey nash with dick himber and his essex house orchestra gave their take on the matter you are tuned to wshdlp esport round the world has sent fred a member of our studio audience selected at random to time travel in our new timerator 5000 dual mode with the ergonomic seats and smart climate control. He wanted to sell the bucolic family farm and invest the money. It's getting kind of noisy around here as Fred returns. Welcome back, Fred. Uh, sir, I can't help but notice that you're wearing a barrel with shoulder straps. That's because I'm flat broke. I had sold the farm and I guess I made some bad investments. Not that I want to talk about it. At Insult to Injury, they they built a big, noisy factory where the farm was, and it's belching black smoke, and I wonder if I can go back and put a kibosh on the whole deal. So you want to go back and stop yourself from selling the bucolic family farm. All right, back you go. Good luck. In the meanwhile, Ralph Gordon and his 1938 orchestra are here with some fun in a boiler factory. gone Fabrikanta Polka, Factory Girl. That was Stephanie Domkowski with Michael Kendra and Wiatislav Domkowski and his Slina Orchestra from 1946, Poland. Before that, we heard a 1938 programmatic work, Fun in a Boiler Factory, performed by Ralph Gordon and his orchestra. The factory noises have quieted down considerably, and I wonder if Fred was successful in undoing his ill-starred business deal in the past. He went back to sell his farm, lost the proceeds in bad investments, and left the community with a noisy and polluting factory. Let's bring him back. Well, mission accomplished. I prevented the farm from being sold. Wonderful. Now have a seat, and we remind our studio audience that the Raider 5000 time machine is a dual-mode model that can also go into the future, not just the past. One caveat, however, if you go into the future past the date that you cash in your chips, as it were, Professor Kingsley is not sure he could bring you back to the present. Anyone care to go into the future? Is there anything you just can't wait to find out? You, young fella, my name is Roger. I'm, I'm 13, and I want to go into the future five years for, for just a few seconds, just to see what it's like. All right, just settle into the full Corinthian leather ergonomic seat, and... Okay, as a few seconds up, let's uh, bring Roger back to the present. Welcome back, Roger. What did you learn about the future? Well, that that my favorite Uncle Frank died of lung cancer. Now I want to go back into the past and try to prevent him from starting smoking. Okie doke. We'll just put her in another gear and uh, away you go! Let's wish Roger luck in keeping his uncle from starting smoking. And let's hear what Johnny Bond and his 1947 Red River Valley Boys has to say about tobacco. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette!
6: With a heart of gold, the ways of a gentleman. I've been told the kind of a guy that wouldn't even harm a flea. But if me and a certain character met, the guy that invented that cigarette, I'd murder that son of a gun in the first degree. Now it ain't cause I don't smoke myself, and I don't reckon they'll harm your health. I've smoked them all my life and ain't dead yet. But nicotine slaves are all the same. At a petting party or a poker game, everything got to stop while they smoke that cigarette.
3: Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette Huff, 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 I am your smoky self
6: Tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate that you hate to make him wait But you just gotta have another cigarette In a game of chance the other night Old Dame Fortune was doing me right. The kings and queens just kept on coming round. Well, I played them hard and I bet them high, but my bluff didn't work on a certain guy. He kept on raising and laying the money down. He'd raise me and I'd raise him. I sweated blood. You got to sink or swim. He finally called and then didn't raise the bet. I said, Ace is full, pal. How about you? He said, I'll tell you in a minute or two right now. I just got to have a cigarette.
3: Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Pop, 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 if you smoke yourself
6: to death, Hell Saint Peter at the Golden Gate that you hate to make him wait, but you just gotta have another cigarette. The other night I had a date with the cutest little gal in the 48 states, a hybrid uptown fancy little dame. She said she loved me and it seemed to me that things were about like they ought to be, so hand in hand we strolled down Lover's Lane. She was old so far from a cake of ice and our petting party was going nice, so help me and I think I'd have been there yet. But I gave her a kiss and a little squeeze, and she said, Johnny, excuse it, please, but I've just got to have another cigarette.
3: Smoked, smoked, smoke that cigarette. Pop, 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 and smokey,
6: stuffy, Tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate that you hate to make him wait, with you just got to have another cigarette.
0: We heard smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette intoned by Johnny Bond and his 1947 Red River Valley Boys. We sent Roger, from our studio audience here, back to the past so that he could keep his favorite Uncle Frank from starting smoking. Let's see how he did. Well, I'm back. I think I did it. I I spooked him real good. Now I want to go into the future again and see if he's still alive and avoided getting cancer. All right, Roger. We'll put her in gear and... In the the interest of time, we'll bring him back right away. Shouldn't take too long for him to see what's what. Uh... Professor? uh, Why didn't Roger come back? Let me get my wrench and investigate. Uh, No cause for alarm, folks. Uh, In the meantime... I have found the problem. Uh, Roger kept his uncle from starting smoking, so his uncle will now live long enough to accidentally run over Roger with his motorcycle. Let me see if I can figure out how to run the Time-Rater 5000 in reverse. I'll have to pull out the faux currenty leather ergonomic seats and get to the inner rat's nest of wires in the control panel Ah, and... well, let's give the professor some moral support. Here's a Washboard Sam and his 1943 Washboard Band. Stop and fix it!
7: night, Dave's doing a dance just too tight, talking about babies, how to mix it, shake it up well, and then stop and fix it. Shook the shimmy again the other night. It wasn't long till I wasn't feeling right. The law come in and begin to mix it. The chief yelled out that oh, he would fix it. Let's fix it now, boy. Should have seen how she really mixed it. She shook it up well and then stopped and fixed it. Now mama must I holler, baby stop and fix it now. You want to know, I'm going to tell just how I did that. I rubbed it, I patted it, I took my feet and kicked it. I oozed up to it and then stopped and fixed it. Now mama must I holler, stop and fix it now.
0: Stop and fix it. That was Washboard Sam and his Washboard Band from 1943. And yes, the professor did stop and fix it. He substantially dismantled the Time Raider 5000, but he managed to bring young Roger back and undo his premature death in the future. We sent Roger and all of our time-traveling participants home with a jar of premium invasive green crab pate and a 100% cotton Time Raider t-shirt. And this concludes the first hour of Round the World today. We'd like to thank our studio audience for their courageous participation in demonstrating the Time Raider 5000, whose sleek styling and ergonomic design represent the latest in time-traveling comfort. Its dual-mode operation allows travel both to the past and future, so if you run into any harrowing situations, you can get back to where you started from. This is Round the World with Cracklin' Jane. Please visit us at cracklin'jane.com. We pause now for station identification. You are listening to WSHDLP Eastport. Welcome to Hour 2 of Round the World with Cracklin' Jane. And since we traveled into the future in Hour 1, we hear now a radio play set in the future and based on a work of the luminary Ray Bradbury, a 1951 episode of Dimension X. Entitled "Marionettes," so let's listen.
8: Adventures in time and space, told in future. <laughs> the National Broadcasting Company. In cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of astounding science fiction, bring you Dimension X. By the year 1990, we should see many amazing technological advances. And yet, in many ways, life will be very much the same. A husband will stop off at a bar on his way home and perhaps unburden himself a little to a friendly bartender.
3: Just like the Another
8: one, Mr. Smith?
3: Uh,
9: what time is it, Sam? Why, almost 10 o'clock, Mr. Smith. One more.
3: Uh,
9: listen to them. The old songs are still the best, huh, Mr. Smith? Yes, yeah, Sam. I remember singing that one back in 1974. That's before I met my wife. Golden days, Sam. Here's your beer, Mr. Smith. Ah, Thanks. Ah, that's good. <laughs> Almost feels as if I could go home and face Nettie now. Wife trouble, Mr. Smith? Wife trouble, Sam. Fight? Oh, never. Nettie and I never fight. Nettie's too mad about me ever to fight with me. She adores me. Worships the ground I walk on. Well, this is something new. I remember only last year you was complaining she was throwing things. And times have changed. I only wish she was still throwing things. At least in those days I could walk out and slam the door with a clear conscience. Now she's so sweet and loving, I feel like a murderer. Every time I stop in for a beer, I'm my way home. Tough, Mr. Smith. Tough. Ever hear the expression, love will fly if held too lightly? Love will die if held too tightly? Can't say I ever did. If only she'd relax a little bit. There's a bruise on my lip. Mm. She kisses me. For an hour every night when I come home. Can you do anything for her? I try. I remind her that she really wanted to marry Harvey Tubman. I remind her how we used to have those battles till the neighbors called the robot police. Nothing works. I'm gone for an hour. She cries. Well, me, I ain't got that kind of trouble. I hang around too much, and Mabel calls me a loafer and turns me up. That's a sad state. Can't figure him out. Well, I guess I'll go home, feed myself to the lioness. I tell you, Sam, when Nettie gets finished demonstrating how much she's missed me, I feel like a man who's been stuffed into an electronic washing machine with a dial set at rinse dry. How much do I owe you? The 60 cent. Well, if it isn't Henry Smith. Brayling. I live and breathe Walter Brayling. What are you doing here? Oh, having the night out. Does Gloria know about this? Things have changed, Henry. I thought she kept you chain to the bedpost most of the time. Not anymore, Henry, not anymore. Well, you aren't divorced, are you? Oh, no. Gloria's home. What'd you do, put a sleeping powder in her coffee? Oh, goodness, no, Henry. That would be highly unethical. I can't believe you just walked out on it. Ten years of marriage, Henry, and I never had a night to myself. But it'll be different from now on. Oh? By the way, Henry, what time is it? Ten o'clock. Well, I guess I'd better be going. Scared? No, don't want to crowd my luck. Although, really, there's no, nothing to worry about. I'd sure like to know how you do it, Walter. Would you really? Yes. All right, Henry. Since you've always been a friend of mine, I'll let you in, it. Come on, my car is outside. I'll drive you home and let you see how it's done. Well, that's nice of you, Walter. Not at all, Henry. We fellows have to stick together. I don't suppose you know how Glory and I came to be married in the first place, eh? No, I don't. Well, one evening, she threatened to tear off her clothing and call the police unless I married her. No. Oh, yes. Well, that's a bit extreme, isn't it? Well, Gloria was always a nervous girl. I bet you've had a pretty wretched time of it. Oh, yes. It didn't take long for me to become the laughingstock of the neighborhood. Hand-pecked brailing, they used to call me. I know. But things are changing now. Here. You see this? What's that? A single ticket to Rio on the morning rocket. I have hotel reservations there for a month. A whole month, Henry, to have a fling. Won't Gloria make trouble over that? That's the amazing part of it, Henry. She won't even know I'm gone. I'll be back in a month, and no one the wiser. You don't believe me, do you? Frankly, no. Just how are you gonna swing it, Walter? That's the secret, Henry. I tell you, it's the most wonderful thing ever invented. Worth every cent I paid for. What is I'm it? going to show you. Here's my house. Notice the lights are all out. We'll wait up there on the front porch. Walter, you haven't gone off your rocker, have you? Shh. Now, I meow twice. Meow!
3: Meow!
9: Now, Henry, watch the window in my bedroom. Well, it looks as if somebody... Hey, there's a man up there. He's looking out. Good. He sees me. He'll be down directly. Isn't it a bit embarrassing for you, Walter? Oh, not at all. You'll find out. Here he comes. Hello, B2. Oh, good evening, Mr. Brayling. Close the door. Either I'm going out of my mind or there are two of you. You never told me you had a twin brother. I don't. But if this fellow weren't in pajamas, I couldn't tell you apart. That's the secret, Henry. Everything go all right, B2? Oh, just fine, Mr. Brayling. Uh-huh. I suppose my wife was in her usual good form this evening. As a matter of fact, we spent the evening playing gin. No No screaming. No shouting accusation? Oh, no, sir. It was a very quiet evening. Well, this is even better than I thought. Well, Marionettes Incorporated aims to satisfy, sir. Did he say Marionettes Incorporated? That's right, Henry. Look him over. Isn't he excellently fashioned? <laughs> you wouldn't dream he was a robot, a, a, a Marionette, eh? Well, I can't believe it. It's against the law, of course, to duplicate a human like this, but it's well worth the opportunity. Well, I still don't believe it. You can't tell him from a human. Only one way, Henry. Put your ear next to his chest. Listen. That's it. Machinery. Water, old man, how long's this been going on? I've had him a month, Henry. I keep him in the cellar in my toolbox. Now, tonight I told Gloria I'd like to be excused for five minutes to run down to the cigar store. She agreed. I went down to the cellar, took out Brailing too, sent him back upstairs to sit with my wife until I got home. Miraculous. Of course, it doesn't seem quite ethical somehow. Oh, nonsense. It's highly ethical. I've been home all evening. I shall be home with her for the next month. In the meantime, another gentleman named Walter Brailing will be in Rio having the time of his life. Well, can he walk around without fuel for a month? Oh, he refuels himself. And he's built to do everything, eat, drink, sleep. You'll take good care of my wife, won't you, B-2? Oh, of course. Your wife is rather nice. I've grown quite fond of her. You see? Walter, old man... How long has this Marionette's Incorporated outfit been in business? Secretly for two years now. Why? Well, I wonder. Is there a possibility that I might get in touch with him? You? But you love your Nettie. Well, I know, but even so, uh, it's a little respite, a night or two once a month. And she loves you dearly. <laughs> so much she can't barely leave me with for half an hour. You know that lately she's taken to calling me up at work ten or twelve times a day to talk baby talk? Your Nettie? My Nettie. What do you say, old man? A favor to an old buddy, fellow lodge member. Mm, Well, I, I, could put you in touch with the man who makes them. Of course, you'd be pledged to secrecy once you learned where he's located. Oh, naturally. Very well, Henry. Here's his card. Marionettes Incorporated. W. Zig proprietor and owner. New humanoid plastic, 1990 model, guaranteed against wear. Our motto: No strings attached. Address the jumble shop, 43 South Wesley Drive. And Mr. Zig will take good care of you, Henry. He's a charming fellow, a real craftsman. Wonderful. I'll see him first thing tomorrow. Well, I'd better be getting home now, though. Nettie's probably splitting a gasket. Mm. See you around, old man, after I get back from Rio. And while I'm gone, you might drop around regularly, just as you always have. Treat Brailing too, here as if he were me. Otherwise, Gloria might be suspicious. Oh, I will. And, oh, uh, before I go, uh, these marionettes are safe, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Well, tell them be too. We're guaranteed. Fine. Well, good night, Walter. Good night, uh, B2. Uh, Good night, uh, Mr. Smith. Good night, Henry. Ah, well, I'm glad someone else will have a chance at a little happiness and freedom. All right, brailing two. Back into the cellar box for you. Come on. Down the steps. That's it. Very damp down here, Mr. Brayling. Bad plumbing. Well, here we are, Brayling. Yes. Before you put me back into the toolbox, could we have a word? Certainly, old man. This toolbox. What about it? Well, I don't like it, Mr. Brayling. Why not? It's cramped. Oh. Well, I'll try to fix up something more comfortable when I get back from Rio. All right now. Before Glory gets worried, back. Marionetta made them move, not to keep still. How would you like to lie in a stuffy old box most of the time? I didn't realize you fellas were that sensitive. Well, if you wouldn't like it at all. I keep running. There's no way to shut me off. I have my feelings, you know. Hmm. Well, day after tomorrow, I'll be off to Rio. And you won't have to stay in the box for a whole month. Or you can move upstairs. Yes, but when you get back from Rio, I'll go back in the box. Mr. Zig didn't tell me at Marionettes Incorporated that it was possible to get a difficult specimen. There's a lot he doesn't know about us. We're pretty new. Now, look at... Now, look here, B2. This has gone far enough. I'll never get to Rio. Now, come on now. Into the box. And another thing. Well... Your wife. What about my wife? Well, I... I've grown quite fond of her. Well, I'm glad you enjoy your employment. You'll have the whole month. But you don't quite understand, Brayling. I've fallen in love with her. You what? You just don't appreciate her. Maybe if you hadn't always acted so meek and apologetic about everything, she'd have a little more respect for you as a man. Well, now you aren't supposed to behave like this. You know you think you. Well, anyway, I could be very happy if I were married to Gloria. Aren't you forgetting? You're nothing but a big overgrown puppet. Careful, Brayley. I'm sensitive. All right. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now look, uh, you wouldn't mind waiting here a moment, would you? I have to go upstairs and make a phone call. To whom? Oh, nobody important. I uh. I have to call Henry Smith about something. You're lying. You're going to call Marionettes Incorporated and tell Mr. Zig to come and get. Oh me. no! Oh no! Really, I'm not. I, I was. I... Be two. Stay away. Stay where you are, Brailing. Now, now be two. Take your hand off my arm. No, Brailing. What are you going to do? Nothing much. I'm just going to put you in the toolbox, lock it, and lose the key. What? And then I'll buy another ticket to Rio, and Gloria and I can have a wonderful vacation. You're insane. Am I? Now, wait a minute. Hold on, B2. Now, don't be rash. Let's talk this over. Goodbye, Brailing. No, stop it. Don't! Let's go! Help! 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 Brailing. stop Help! Help! Oh, <laughs> Water! Water!
10: Water. Uh, uh,
8: yes, Gloria. Water
10: down there
9: at this time of night. Oh, nothing, lover. The pipes were knocking. I'm just making sure the boiler hasn't exploded. Uh, You go back to bed. I'll be up soon. Well,
10: hurry, won't you? We had such a nice evening. I'm
9: lonesome for you. Oh, you won't ever be lonesome again, darling. Never again.
11: morning, Nettie. Oh, good morning, darling. How are you? Have a nice time last night? I missed you so. Breakfast ready? Aren't you going to kiss me good morning?
9: Oh, uh, yes, I suppose so.
11: Oh. oh, you're so wonderful, Henry. I guess I'm the luckiest person in the world.
9: <laughs>
11: uh, here's your coffee. <coughs> And how would you like your eggs?
9: Anyway, it's all.
11: Oh, but I want to please you.
9: Oh, Nettie, uh, skip the eggs this morning.
11: Oh, but you have to eat to keep well, darling. I'm
9: very healthy. I uh, have an early business appointment. Oh? Uh, it's a friend of Walter Brayling's. I met Walter last night, and he... Yes? Uh, well, uh, I'd better be off. Now, Nettie, don't look as if I were on my way to Rio or something. I'm only going to work.
11: It's just that I miss you so I want to be with you all the time.
9: Do I have to go through this every morning? I'll be back at supper. There's no need to cry now, is there?
11: Uh, no, darling. Uh, you you aren't displeased with me, are you? I try so hard to do everything just as I think you'll like it.
9: No, I'm not displeased. Well, goodbye, dear. Henry? Yes?
11: You forgot to kiss me Goodbye. Mm.
9: Strings attached, no strings attached. A very nice puppet with no strings attached. (laughs) Let's see now. The Jumble Shop, 43 South Wesley. That should be about... Ah, here it is. Yes? Mr. Zig. Yes? Uh, Walter Brayling recommended me. Enter. Your name? Henry Smith, uh, 55 Evergreen Place. And what can we do for you, Mr. Smith? Well, uh, Brayling showed me his marionette last night. I see. I uh, was intrigued with the idea. And not that my wife is anything like that female meat grinder that he's married to, you understand, but uh, well, I'm a man who enjoys an occasional evening with the boys, without complications. Naturally. So I thought... That uh, I could duplicate you. Exactly. I think it might be arranged. You understand the need for secrecy, of course. Although an act is pending in Congress to legalize Marionettes Incorporated, it is still a felony to use one of my creations. Well, I understand. And there is the matter of... Uh, the payment? How much? $9,000. 9, $9,000? Well, I have an inferior model at 7500 uh, No, if I go through with this, nothing's too good for Nettie. Nettie's my wife. We've been putting money aside to buy a summer house in Westport.
3: Sometimes we
9: must choose. Yes. Perhaps I could just slip out 9000 It's a joint account. Um, how soon can I have it? I could construct the mannequin in about two months' time. Good. Shall I consider the order placed? At once. Of course. You will have to report here for a body mold color index of your hair, lips, skin, etc., and I'll have to do a complete electro-emotional calibration. Uh, you guarantee that these models are foolproof? As foolproof as I can make them, Mr. Smith, and I've had years of training. And no chance of detection? None whatsoever. I've never had a complaint. Walter Brayling seems satisfied now. I assure you, he's been taken care of in high style. There uh, so some way to be sure. You have our guarantee? Very well, Mr. Ziggs. I'll get the money from the bank and send it to you. Fine. You'll be just as delighted with yours as Walter Brayling is with his. Oh, tell her. Uh, Yes, Mr. Smith? uh, I'd like to cash this draft on my joint account. Yes, sir. $9,000, sir. That's right. Well, I'm afraid that's impossible, Mr. Smith. Impossible? My wife and I have a good $15,000 in our account. You're mistaken, Mr. Smith. Oh, but I know... Here's it. your card, sir. You see, Mrs. Smith withdrew $10,000 recently. $10,000? $10, hmm. Without even telling me? I remember distinctly, Mr. Smith. She said it was for a surprise for you. Good Lord. She bought that house in Connecticut. My birthday's next week. Well, I'll have to borrow it somewhere. I've already contracted. Yes, sir. Quite a surprise for you, eh, Mr. Smith? Yes?
10: Oh, hello, Henry.
9: Hello, Gloria. Is Walter home? I'd like to speak to him. Well, come in. Uh, Thank you.
10: Is something wrong?
9: Well, just some private business. Matter of a loan.
10: Well, he went down to the travel bureau, but he should be back soon. We're going to Rio, you know.
9: Both of
3: you?
10: Isn't it wonderful? I don't know what's come over, Walter, lately. He's been so romantic. Last night he came upstairs and said, Darling, he hasn't called me darling in years. Darling, we're going to take a honeymoon to Rio. So we're leaving tomorrow. Anything wrong, Henry?
9: No. No, I'm just a little surprised, that's all.
10: Well, he should be back soon. Will you wait?
9: Yes, yes, I'd better.
10: Say, as long as you're over here, maybe you can help me with something. What? Well, I went downstairs to get an old suitcase a little while ago, and I heard the strangest noises near that old tool chest of Walter's. He mentioned that the boiler was acting up, and I'm afraid to go down there again. I wonder if you'd take a look.
9: What kind of noises? Like a... like a thumping sound. Maybe I'd better go down, Gloria. You stay up here.
10: Should I call a plumber, do you think? No, no,
9: I'll take care of it. Well, I it well, I'll have a look. Good Lord. Good Lord. Hello. Hello in there. Well, Just a minute. Keep quiet, for goodness sake. Uh, I'll have to smash the lock. Uh, now, what? In the... Henry, Henry, thank God you can't be quiet. I've been in there all night. I thought I'd suffocate. He tried to kill me, Henry. He tried to murder me. Uh, who, which one are you? Oh, don't be an idiot. I'm Walter. What happened? B2, the marionette. He stuffed me in the toolbox and left me to suffocate. Well, fortunately, I found an old file in there and managed to get an air hole through the wood. Good Lord. He's taking Gloria with him to Rio. Have they left yet? No, he's gone downtown for the tickets. Oh, good. We may just have time. For what? To get down to Marionette Incorporated and tell Zig to stop him. Well, you're in no condition. Oh, don't worry about me. We can't waste any time. Come on. But Gloria... Neek, I'll tell her. Tell her you fixed the plumbing. Tell her anything. I'll meet you outside. All right. Oh, what a fool I've been. What a fool I almost was. I went down and ordered one of those things today. Ah, uh, right here in my wallet. Honeymoon for two under the pampas smooth
10: Oh, Walter, it's so nice to have you like this.
9: You like the change?
10: I don't know what did it, but whatever it is, I'm in favor of it.
9: I hope it's permanent. Oh, I intend to see that it is. Oh, by the way, darling, do you happen to remember where that old pistol of mine is? Pistol? Yes, I I just thought since we're going to be traveling in strange countries, it wouldn't hurt to bring it along.
10: Oh, well, I think it's here in the sideboard. Yes, there. Oh, Walter, you know how frightened I am of those things. Oh,
9: I'll be very careful of it. In fact, uh, I think I'll go down the basement and practice. uh, Not really shooting it, of course, just to make sure it's in good working order.
10: Do be careful, darling.
9: Oh, I will. Uh, If you should hear a shot, dear, don't be frightened. I may fire it into a block of wood just to test it. Perhaps I'll fire into that old tool chest of mine. Yeah, that should absorb it. Oh, speaking of that tool, chest. Yes, what about it?
10: It reminds me that Henry Smith was here. Oh? Yeah, I heard some noises downstairs, dear, and he went down to fix the plumbing.
9: Is he uh, still down there?
10: No, he left. I really don't understand it. He seemed so anxious to see you before he went down to the cellar, and then he just left.
8: Oh. Did he uh, stop the noises?
10: Well, he must have. I don't hear them. I see. What is it here?
9: I have to go out for a while, darling. But Walter, we'll have to pack if we're leaving. I'll be back soon. There's something very important I have to attend to. Oh, well, what is oh, it? Oh, just some personal business with uh, Henry Smith. Uh, please excuse me, darling. And don't worry. When I get back, everything will be fixed once and for all. Yes, we can enjoy the rest of our lives just as though the old Walter Brailing never existed. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Brayling and Mr. Smith. Come... Yes, Mr. Zig. Come in, come in, gentlemen. We certainly will come in. What brings you? A good deal, Mr. Zig. Yes, indeed, a good deal. If I might know exactly, uh, you seem so upset. Tell him, Henry. You told me your marionettes were foolproof, Mr. Zig. They are. My personal guarantee goes with each mm, other. We of know them. all about your personal guarantee. Except that Mr. Brayling's dummy knocked him out, stuffed him in a toolbox to suffocate, and is making plans to run away with his wife. Oh, dear. Well, Mr. Zig. Oh, I really don't know what to say, gentlemen. You see, I work alone. I make these marionettes myself so that I can see to it personally that there are no errors. However... Even the finest craftsman can make a mistake once in a while. What Mr. Brayling and I would like to know, Mr. Zig, is exactly what are you planning to do to stop this over ambitious robot? Well, of course, we shall have to recover B2 first, and then I will simply uh, dismantle him. He doesn't seem to want to be dismantled, Mr. Zig. In fact, I think you'll have trouble catching him. Maybe I can save you the trouble, gentlemen. B2, look out. He has a gun. I thought I'd find you here when I discovered the tool chest MC Now, look, B2, uh, whatever you're planning to do, you won't get away with it. I think I will. Mr. Ziggs, Mr. can't you do something? Oh, I'm afraid I can't think of anything. I'll save you the trouble, because I'm going to kill the three of you. Oh,
5: you won't get away with no?
9: it. No? You forget that Gloria and I will be on a plane to Rio in a few hours. All right, Mr. Zeke. You first. Oh, now, see here. This isn't fair. I created you. You can't do... <laughs> Grab him. I've got him.
3: him. Quick. quick.
9: Quick, that hammer. Well, that's the end of Brailing too. Oh, thank heaven. Henry. Henry, he got digged right through the... Oh, holy uh, jumping catfish. we look at him. Look at Zig. Nothing but a mass of coils and springs, just like Brailing too. Well, he's nothing but a marionette. He's no different from water... You know what this means? It's incredible. A marionette building other marionettes. But someone must have built Mr. Zig originally. Well, perhaps Mr. Zig turned on whoever built him the same way that Brading 2 turned on you. Well, at any rate, we'll never know. I wonder how many of these things are walking around among us. Oh, I shudder to think of it. Some of our best friends might be... Come on, we've got to get out of here. But the police... Don't be a fool. There's been no crime committed here. All the police will find is two oversized puppets with the springs coming out of them. But they seem so lifelike. They're only machinery. You've got to remember that. Well what do I tell Gloria? If I were you, Brayling, I wouldn't tell Gloria a thing. I'd simply pick up that other ticket to Rio and take her on a honeymoon. What about you, Henry? What are you going to do? Me? I'm going home and give Nettie a kiss that'll singe her hair. I'll even forgive her for taking that $10,000 out of the bank without telling me. You know, when I think of what might have happened if I'd gone through with this Marionette and Nett thing, it, what makes a fellow realize how lucky he is to be married to a decent woman? Let's go. <laughs> Nettie! Nettie! Where are you, sweetheart?
11: In here, darling. I've
9: missed you today. Come here.
11: Oh, Henry. Oh. Oh, you look tired, darling. Can I do something for you? Just tell me I'm yours to command.
3: Oh,
9: a man's a fool to jeopardize a nice home and a loving wife like you. You do love me, don't you, Nettie? You
11: know I do. Here, let me get your slippers on.
9: Ah feel good to sit back on the sofa and relax. You don't know what a trying day I've had. I
11: can see you're all upset. It isn't anything I've done, is it, dear?
9: Well, in a way, something you've done is connected with it.
11: What's that, darling? The money. Money?
9: I know you want to surprise me with the house, darling, but really you shouldn't have taken that money out of the bank without consulting me. Henry,
11: I don't even know what you're talking about. Now,
9: Nettie. But
11: I don't. Nettie. Oh, you're so upset, darling. If it's anything important, let's talk about it later. Meanwhile, why don't you just put your head on my shoulder
9: and rest? I must admit that sounds enticing.
11: Here. Let me make you comfortable. There. Ah. (sighs) Now you just close your eyes. That's it.
9: Nettie. Yes, darling? You hear something? No, darling. You sure? Like what? Well, like the... Like the ticking of a clock.
11: No. Well,
9: strange. I don't hear it now, but... When I had my ear against your chest... Oh, no. Oh, no.
11: What are you talking about, no, darling? No, I won't believe
9: it. You are my Nettie, aren't you? You're a real live flesh and blood. Oh, she couldn't have done that to me. Not Nettie. But I hear it. And it's coming from you. It's coming from you.
8: You have just heard another adventure into the unknown world of the future. The world of...
9: Dimension X. X, X.
8: Next week, Dimension X moves to a new day and time. It will originate in New York on Saturdays from 8 to 8.30 p.m., beginning September 8. Consult your local newspaper for the exact day and time in your locality. And don't miss Mary Leinster's story of deep space. First Contact.
9: Dimension X is presented each week by the national broadcasting company in cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of the magazine Astounding Science Fiction. Today, Dimension X has presented Marionettes, Incorporated, written for radio by George Leffert, from the story by Ray Bradbury. Featured in the cast were Kermit Murdoch as Henry, Martin Rudy as Brayling, and Ross Martin as Brayling, too. Your host was Norman Rose, Music by Albert Berman. Fred Collins speaking. Dimension X is produced by William Welch and directed by Fred Way.
0: You are listening to WSHDLP Esport. We have just heard a 1951 episode of Dimension X entitled Marionettes. Now, stay tuned for another futuristic radio drama, a 1955 episode of X-1, entitled Child's Play.
12: Countdown for blastoff. X-5, 4, 3, 2, X-1, fire. Night Story, Child's Play by William Tenn.
13: My name, Sam Weber. My job, an attorney, and a pretty successful one, if I do say so myself. Maybe you won't believe it. My best friends find it hard to believe, but I used to be a completely different guy. Frightened, sickly, nearsighted, a real mortimer meek. No kidding. That was ten years ago. The big change in me began to take place on a cold December morning in 1955. Uh, Just a moment, please.
14: Yes, please. Weber? Yes. Samuel? That's right. Okay, Jack, step back. All right, fellas, bring it in. Uh, Just a moment. You must have the wrong... Watch it, Jack. Sign here. Is that for me? Weber Garden Apartments. It looks like a coffin. I don't design them, Jack. I just deliver them. Sign here.
13: After much straining, I wasn't in very good physical shape those days, I managed to push the box under my single light bulb. There was a card in a small envelope.
14: Let's see. To Sam from your classmates at the Interdimensional and Cosmic Institute. Merry Christmas, 2155. Holy jumping catfish. Hey, mister, hey, mister, there must be some mistake. Hey, holy jumping catfish.
13: They were gone, and I didn't even know which delivery company it was. I sat down to think, and it was just beginning to seep into my sleepy brain that maybe this was one of Lou White's practical jokes when I noticed there was something funny about that box. For one thing, it was dated 2155, 200 years from now. And for another thing, it was solid gold. Pop had been in the jewelry business long enough for me to verify that. At that point, I decided to open it up and see what was in it. After about a half hour of fumbling, I gave up. All right. If you won't open, you won't open. (gasps) No sooner had I said the word open than it came apart like the skin off a banana. There inside was something resembling a high-powered kid's chemical set. Vials, jars, tubes, wires. You never saw so much scientific-looking junk in your life. And on top of it all was a book of instructions printed in mad green streaks. I opened the cover and read page one. Build-A-Man set number three. This set is intended solely for the use of children between the ages of 11 and 13. The equipment will enable the child to build and assemble complete adult humans in perfect working order. A disassemblator is provided so the set may be used again and again with profit. Refills and additional parts may be acquired from the Build-A-Man Company, 928, Diagonal Level, Blunt City, Ohio. Remember, only with Build-A-Man can you build a man. When I arrived at work that morning, an hour late, my brain was still reeling with the stuff I'd read in the instruction book. By the time I'd reached the office, I decided it had been a bad dream and it would be over by nightfall.
15: Somerset and Ojak, attorneys at law. Just a moment, I'll connect you with Mr. Ojak. Oh, good morning, Mr. Weber. Good, your honor. I mean, good
14: morning. <laughs> I've got to get my mind off that book.
13: Only with Build-A-Man can you build a man.
14: It must have been a dream. Probably go home tonight and find the place empty.
16: Well, 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 if it isn't a poor man's Clarence Darrow, hiya, Sam! (laughs) Sam? Oh, hello, Lou. I come as bearer of sad tidings. You don't look very sad. Boss wants to see you laughing, boy. What about? Well, how should I know? Oh, and by the way, Sam, you'll be happy to know that I've just been promoted. I'm handling all the criminal stuff from now on. Congratulations. Of course, you know what this means for Tina and me, don't you, Sammy? Ah, cheer up, son. Tina's not for you anyway. Some got it, some don't. Me, I'm loaded. You, ha, nothing. So long, laughing boy.
13: That was my good friend, Lou White. Lou was one of those guys who always lands with his feet firmly planted in the back of somebody else's neck. In the year I had known him, he'd already managed to steal the job I wanted, and he was now working on the girl I wanted. Her name was Tina. Tina Velvet. She was...
15: Mm. Good morning, Sam. Oh, good
14: morning, Tina. My, you look... Yes. Good enough to take to lunch.
15: Oh, I'm sorry, Sam, but I promised Lou. Sure. I hope you're not too disappointed.
14: Me? Me? Oh, no, no. Some got it, some don't. I don't.
13: Theoretically, Tina was employed by Somerset and Ojak as combination secretary and switchboard operator for Lou and me. I guess she wasn't what you'd call really smart, but she always managed to look like a pin-up girl caught with her clothes on, if you know what I mean. Well, that was Tina. I tried to steady my blood pressure as I walked into the boss's office.
14: You sent for me, Mr. O'Jack?
13: Oh, yes. Sit down, Weber. Sit down.
12: Thank you, Mr. O'Jack. My boy, in this business, you've got to be aggressive. You've got to go out and create new clients. I don't mean ambulance chasing or anything like that, but you've got to show some zip. Yes, sir. Well, get in there and punch, Weber. I want to see a change in you in the next few months. As a matter of fact,
13: you'd better. I went back to my office, resolved to show some zip. I bit savagely into a copy of Hackleworth's on Tort's. And I called Tina for a memo. But by the time she came in, my mind was wandering again.
15: Rosenthal versus Rosenthal. On August 4th, the party the first part, what comes next? Sam, what comes next?
3: Hmm?
14: Oh, um, listen, forget the memo for a while. I, I want you to take a letter.
15: All right, Sam.
14: Uh, today's date, usual heading. Uh, to the Chamber of Commerce, Glunt City, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, gentlemen, would you inform me if you have registered a street or avenue known as Diagonal Level or Avenue? I write on behalf of a new client of mine... Oh, Sam, who...
15: he, he was a new client. I wondered about it, but he looked so strange and sinister. What did he look like? Well, He was a terribly tall old man in a black overcoat. He asked if you were in, and then he tried to get your home address. But he looked and acted so strange I didn't give it to him went away positively furious. That's
14: great. Did he leave his name?
15: Well, that's the funny part of it. He just said he was the censor or the census taker or something from the 24th Oblong?
13: I left the office early and went home. Sure enough, there it was, my bill a man set gleaming a little obscenely in the corner. I walked over to it, gave it a kick, and hollered, Open Sesame! Three minutes later, I was flopped down in bed reading Chapter One, Making Simple Living Things. An hour later, I was fooling around with such complicated items as the junior Bio-Calibrator, which measured everything from blood pressure to hemoglobin content, and the jiffy vitalizer, which was actually supposed to put life in your creation, providing you had followed instructions carefully. At 8 o'clock, I went out to supper with the idea of getting a little drunk. I did. At 9 45, I came back and made my first simple living thing.
14: Here, boy. Here, boy. Maybe you aren't a boy. Let's see. According to the book, you are a rubicular oyster hog. Not much to look at, but I made you. Me, Sam Weber, attorney at law. I have created life. Hey, hey, come back here. Come back. Here, boy. Here, boy! Here, boy! Aye! It
13: was no use. My rubicular oyster hog, which was a cross between a field mouse and an oyster, had run out under the door and into the world. Next morning in the office, I turned to Chapter 2, duplicating babies and small humans.
14: Assemble your mannequin, setting all moles to the indicated calibrations. To disassemble a model, use the disassemblator provided with a set. If you cannot destroy your creation, the law requires you to call the census keeper for your oblong.
15: Good morning, Sam. Here's that memo on Rosenthal versus Rosenthal. Also a letter for you. Shall I read it? Please. Dear Mr. Weber, there is no firm at Glunt City bearing the name of Build-A-Man nor do we have any thoroughfare called Diagonal. Sincerely yours, Thomas Plantagenet, Mayor.
14: Well, that's that.
15: Oh, by the way, your client was here again this morning, the ghoulish one.
14: What'd you tell him?
15: I said you'd be in later. Thanks. Will that be all, Sam?
14: Yes. No. Uh, are you doing anything New Year's Eve?
15: Sam, I'm disappointed in you. What did I do? You haven't even noticed. Noticed what? The ring, silly third finger, left hand. What? Who? Lou gave it to me.
14: Well, Lou has plenty of zip. I'm sure you'll be very happy zipping around with each other.
15: Oh, Sam. What's the matter? I don't know. I'm so confused. Hey,
16: listen. What's going on in
14: here? Tina just told me the good news about your engagement. She's crying with happiness.
16: Oh. Is that right, honey? (laughs) Well, no hard feelings, Sam. It's just that the best man got the girl. You understand how it is. Oh, by the way, we're having a little celebration at Sigali's tonight. Drop around and we'll live it up a little, huh?
13: (laughs) I went home feeling like a man who had been stuffed into a washing machine with a dial set at rinse dry. I was a failure. My job was a bust. My girl was going to marry a football player. I'd been playing God with a chemistry set from some crazy futuristic world. And the bill collectors were hot on my heels.
14: Why not? Think of it. A Sam Weber without all the psychological problems you've got. A dynamic, uninhibited Sam who could win a girl like Tina by sheer magnetism. Then when it was all over, we just take the old disassemblator and presto. And I can do it, too. Chromosome content check. Well, here goes. <coughs> it's moving. Oh. Holy
3: mackerel.
14: It's alive. It's sitting up. Uh, Whoa!
13: Hey, I feel great. Take it easy. Do you know who you are? Don't give me that take-it-easy routine. Of course I know who I am. I have all the thoughts you ever had up until the point I was vitalized. My brain is an exact duplicate of yours, except that I'm not all blocked up psychologically. Oh, by the way, since we both have the same name, it'll simplify things if I call you Weber... I'll be, Sam.
14: Look here. I'll make the decisions. How would
13: you like a good punch in the nose?
14: Is that any way to talk to your own parent? I did create you, you know.
13: And don't think I don't appreciate it, Weber, old man. But let's get one thing straight. I live my life and you live yours. Got that? Who pays the rent? You do. Uh, For a while, anyway. I haven't decided whether or not I want to stay in the law business. The law business? It'd be a shame to waste all that good training, though. We, uh, we went to Harvard, didn't we? On the other hand, I want to spread out a little. Tina's the kind of girl to whom money is very important. Tina! What'd you expect? We're not quite the same, you and I. I've got zipped. Don't use that word. Sorry. Now, how about some dinner? I'm starved. We'll have to go out. I'll need some clothes. Sorry, I only have this one suit. Fine, you can lend it to me. But what about me? I'll bring you a sandwich after I come back from Sagallis.
8: Sagallis?
13: You haven't forgotten, have you, Weber? We're invited to the celebration, Tina and Lou White. Only, it wouldn't look quite right if we both showed up. So, I'll tell you all about it. Now, come on, off with the suit. And no nonsense.
16: Hey, hey! Yes, that's living it up, folks! Yahoo! Hey, hey, have another drink, Mr. Old Jack. Come on. Thank you, Lou. (laughs) Ha-ha! Is everybody happy? <laughs> oh, Tina, honey, you having yourself a little old time? Well, well,
13: well, well. The I... happy couple. Sam. Good evening, cats. Everybody's lit up like a Christmas tree, huh? Well, I'll... Be... Sam, are you in the bag? Never touch the stuff, Lou, my boy. Never touch it.
16: Hey, what's gotten into you, Weber? You seem different somehow. Well,
13: I'll tell you. Ever since I had that talk with Mr. Ojak about myself... Oh, oh, you remember, don't you, Mr. Ojak? Why, yes. You made me realize, Mr. Ojak, that I had a whole reservoir of untapped zip. <laughs> and that's all it took, just like that. I'm a changed man.
16: <laughs> I don't believe it. It's an act. Why, you're nothing but a cream
13: puff and you always will be. Mr. Ojak... I think he owes me an apology for that. I should think so. All right, all American boy, make with the apologies.
16: Apologize? Why, for
13: two cents, folks, I you... Folks, two... would you excuse ah. Mr. White and myself for a few minutes? Coming, Mr. White? I'll be right back, honey. Oh, no! Okay, big boy, you've taken enough punishment.
15: Sam! Lou! Lou, don't kill him, he did... Oh. Oh, dear.
13: He'll be all right in a little while, baby.
15: Did you? I mean... Oh, Sam. Tina. We really shouldn't be, I mean, kissing like this.
13: Well, it's what you've always wanted, isn't it?
15: Well isn't it? Oh, Sam.
14: By this time, he's probably kissing her. And there's nothing you can do about it, Weber, old man. Nothing. Hey, wait a minute. Where's that book of instructions? Hmm. Uh, to disassemble a build-a-man model, merely focus the ray of the disassemblator device and press lever X. So you're finally home.
13: I'm starved. My boy, you are looking at a man who in one fell swoop has got himself a raise, a promotion, and a wife. At least she'll be my wife tomorrow. Who? Tina, of course. Who have we wanted so desperately all these years? I don't believe it. It's true. I had to put on quite a show, but all around it was a real success. Mr. Ojack was so impressed, he called me aside and said he was going to give me a crack at some criminal cases. And if I made the grade, who knows, I may even accept a partnership.
14: And what happens to me? I suppose I sit in this room with no clothes for the rest of my life. Oh, you'll be well taken care of, Weber. You've got it all figured out, haven't you? That's about it. Only you neglected to consider one thing. Oh, what's that?
13: This. Oh, come on, put that down.
14: I'm going to melt
13: you down like a Welsh rabbit. Weber, you can't do that. It's murder. It's like killing your own son. Take off
14: my suit, you phony. You won't be needing it again.
13: You're going through with it, huh? I am. All right. Then here's your jacket. (coughs) Oh, oh,
3: my arm.
13: now you (coughs) give me that thing. (coughs) Give it to me.
3: Oh, oh. Ah, that's
13: better. Now we'll fix this little item so it can't do any damage. Ah, you see, Weber, you don't have the guts to stand up against the man you might have been. What's that sound? Somebody's coming up the stairs. Listen. Take a peek through the keyhole, Weber.
14: Holy jumpy. It's him. Whom? He's burning it. He's burning a hole right through the door.
17: Good evening, gentlemen. Who are you? I'm the census keeper for the 24th Oblong. You see, your builder man set was intended for one of the Weber children who's on a field trip in this Oblong 200 years from now. Because of an unfortunate time warp, the set was delivered here accidentally.
13: You mean this set came here from 200 years
17: from now? Precisely. Time, as with all things, is relative. We shall have to recover the set, of course, and adjust any discrepancies it has caused. Meanwhile, the problem is which of you gentlemen is the original Sam Weber? I, I am. Listen, liar. Difficulties, difficulties. Why can't I ever have a simple case like the doublet con duplication?
13: Now, look here, Mr. Census Keeper. The duplicate will obviously be less stable and more
14: emotionally unbalanced. Certainly a man of your qualifications can decide which of us is the more valid member of society, which of us will conform more readily to the standards...
17: Naturally. I observed that one of you was naked. That, of course... Wait a minute. And you seem to be trembling, whereas this gentleman seems quite calm. Hold it. You're making a mistake. I hardly think so. To... Stay away from me. Do not struggle. Help, I... please, please, you... Yeah. Mr. Webber.
3: <laughs>
17: yes? It would be better if you didn't watch. Of course. You understand it's not the gift of the builder man set we we're afraid of letting you have. It's the principle involved. You people just aren't ready to play god. You understand, of course.
13: <laughs> Perfectly. Well, that's my story. Within ten seconds, the old Sam Webber had been completely dismantled and packed into the box. Tina and I were married, as you know. And I went on to become a full partner in the firm of O'Jack, Somerset, and Webber. Oh, and by the way, Tina and I have been doing quite successfully what the old Sam Webber and his builder man set made such a mess of. We have one, two, three little conuplications... Sam, Jr., age four. Sametta, age three. And Samina, age two months. Good night.
12: You have just heard X-1, presented by the National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of astounding science fiction. Tonight, by transcription, X-1 has brought you Child's Play by William Ten, adapted for radio by George Leffords. Featured in the cast were Bill Zuckert as the truck driver, John Gibson as Sam, Grant Richards as his alter ego, Peggy Lobbin was Tina, Ted Osborne played Mr. O'Jack, Bob Hastings played Lou, and Guy Rep was the man from the Census Bureau. Your announcer, Fred Collins.
0: Ex- you are listening to WSHDLP Eastport. We have just heard a 1955 episode of X-1, Child's Play.
18: forget the past I just can't forget I tried and I tried I cried and I cried but I just can't forget the past I just can't forget the past I just can't forget A girl I once knew, who proved so untrue, and I just can't forget the past. How I feel and she knows why
7: Under my direction, you're my future star Just a picture for movie books Okay, baby, as you are Under my direction, you're my future star Now smile, gee, you smart Die when we part Cry, oh, what art Stop, you're breaking my heart You need romance and cozy notes Step in, baby, here's the car. Under my direction, you're my future star. <laughs>
0: The Future that was Ben Selvin in his nineteen thirty one orchestra, before which Terry Shand gave us the nineteen thirty four My Future Star. He was assisted by Freddie Martin in his orchestra. And the time traveling triumvirate touched off with Shelley Lee Alley and his nineteen forty Alley Cats. I just can't forget the past. Thank you, dear friends. <laughs> concludes today's show. On behalf of around the world's staff of researchers, recording engineers, interns, and Victrola technicians, this is Cracklin Jane. Thank you and see you next week. This is Joan Loudon, a.k.a. The Bass Lady. Join me for Jazz Potpourri, airing Wednesdays from 2.30 to 4.30 p.m., with a repeat on Saturdays from 4 to 6 p.m. From divas to crooners, from the streets of New Orleans to the clubs of Paris, with a little Latin added for spice, Jazz Potpourri is an auditory mix for your listening pleasure. Join me Wednesdays and
1: Saturdays on 93. FM WSHD-LP, Eastport.
12: I'm about that base. Hey, have I got a radio show for you. Bold Coasting comes at you twice a week. Thursday at 8, Sunday at 4, right here on WSHD-LP in Eastport, Maine, 93.3 FM. On Bold Coasting, we don't just play the music, uh, we like to talk about it a little bit, too. It's music and commentary. It's a radio show with liner notes. You kids can ask your parents what that means.
14: Mad Pad. Mad
5: Pad.
12: Tune in every Saturday night at 7 and again on Tuesdays at 8 for Philly Joe Remarkables Mad Pad right here on WSHDLP Eastport, Maine, 93.3 on your FM dial.
5: Man, take this crazy pad. Man, it's a mad pad.
0: You're listening to WSHDLP Esport, broadcasting from the hallowed hallways of Shedd High School. Tune in Mondays, 4 to 6 p.m. for Around the World with your host, Cracklin' Jane, featuring historical 78 RPM recordings from around the world, plus radio dramas from the golden age of radio. If you miss the show, don't despair. There's a repeat broadcast on Fridays, 6 to 8 p.m. And if you miss that, just go to www.cracklinjane.com and download or stream the show at your leisure. Come on by Sam's Caffeine Cafe
16: every Tuesday and Thursday morning from 8 until 10 a.m. I'm Sam, the proprietor. I keep all the tables clean, there are no sesame seeds on the floor, no schmutz from the night before, just good music. The first hour, a little bit softer, some Americana, folk, blues, a little bit of jazz, but by 9 o'clock, we are amped up on caffeine. We're playing up-tempo music all hour long. It's a grab bag. It's a fun place to hang out, and we would love to have you. We would. Please come by 93.3
12: WSHD LP Eastport. Hi, this is Greg Williams. I've been collecting music first on 45s, then LPs, cassettes, CDs, and digital files for over 40 years. From the obscure to the sublime and the familiar to the mundane, it's pretty much all pop music of just about any era or genre. And I call sharing it with you unabashedly playing favorites. Please tune in every Friday from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on WSHD LP Esport 93.3 FM.